Good morning. It is Monday, 8.39 a.m., December 30th. I think I got it a little bit mixed up, but those are the correct information is there. I hope you all had a good week. I know I did. It's I've been really in the thick of doing my year-end sale. And this year, I really upped the ante. Last year, I was only able to really do the sale for one day, the day after Christmas. And I was so overwhelmed by the shipping that I spent an entire day shipping. And then I was just like, that's it. I'm going to just resume regular business. But this year, I had some help with the shipping and it changed everything. So I went from spending eight hours shipping last year to only two hours shipping. And it had even, this year had even more sales. And I have, the sales just keep coming in. It's fabulous. So I really just wanna clear out as much stock as possible. My cat, is <laughs> Lavinia is purring really loud, so. Um, yeah, I'd like to clear out as much stock as possible and be ready for the new year. I have a very clear vision of what I want to achieve with my business, with more designed items and, you know, designed by me and more unusual antique items and things that complement the designs so yeah it's very exciting and I think I've sent I think I sent out 40 packages and I've sold like almost 70 items so far the sales so I'm really stoked um, it has been kind of isolating for the past few days. Um, so since the day after Christmas, it, it has been. Um, I just barely have gone out much, gotten out much at all. And a couple nights ago I was kind of feeling FOMO you know fear of missing out I was feeling like oh you know I'm not going to be able to hang out with anybody for a while um looks like everyone's having so much fun without me boohoo and I started feeling a little mopey while I was working on my sewing and then I decided to make a list of the things that I want to happen in 2020. Not really a New Year's resolution, per se, but just things I want to happen and things I want to accomplish in 2020. And it cheered me up. It snapped me out of that what could have been a really bad slump. So if you're feeling like sluggish or if you have kind of like post-Christmas blues, make out a list of the things that you want in your life to achieve next year. It's only a couple days away, and hopefully it'll cheer you up. It, it worked for me, so that's why I'm sharing it. 
so yeah I did end up having a really good Christmas um hung out with just a couple people here and there and kept it real mellow ate Chinese food prepped for my sale and went to bed super early I think I went to bed like at 8 p.m. or something so it's funny because because of the FOMO that I was experiencing a few days after Christmas I said yes to every single New Year's Eve invitation and New Year's Day hangout invitation I don't know how I'm going to do it so I might have to you know I do that sometimes when I get a lot of invitations you know for a particular um, special occasion I'll just say yes to everything and then sort and pick through you know what place will have what place will have the food and and the snacks okay we know Anne will have the the delicious hors d'oeuvres and snacks and then at Chris and Kim's house there will be good cheeses meat snacks that's in I believe kind of like the dog patchy Bayview area and then there's Bowie Miss Rose's event which is not going to have any food I'm going to read tarot just for like an hour there hopefully I'll make it <laughs> um, there may be good company there might be some cute guys at Bowie Miss maybe We'll see. Um, and then on New Year's Day, um, hanging out at Gina's or hanging out at um, going to Holly's. And I believe Holly's for tamales, but I believe there was one other... New Year's Day hang thing which just kind of slipped through the cracks Holly's will have good food there will be there will be a decent food at um, there will be decent food at Gina and Brad's house the thing about Gina and Brad's house is they have a very large screen TV so last year we watched Black Mirror and I think it might be a lot more chill, so I might just stay over at Brad and Gina's. Um, oh, yeah. Also, yeah, maybe going to a concert with Arena on New Year's Eve. So, just tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, as you can see, I kind of overdid it with the FOMO. FOMO makes me do weird things. <laughs> it's fun being a human. I just said yes to all of it because I was being such a hermit and I will probably be a hermit for the greater part of of January as I'm in production, sewing, watching movies and TV. I started binge watching the show called um, Once Upon a Time. I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix right now. And it's about fairy tale people that are stuck in this small town in Massachusetts 
and there's Snow White, and, you know, the Evil Queen is the mayor. It's quite good. It's quite good. And the costumes are very campy. Um, my favorite is the Rumpelstiltskin guy, also known as Mr. Gold. And he's played by a British Shakespearean actor. I forget his name, but originally this actor was was in the uh, it's got to start in theater, and he says I want me go, and um, ugh, it's so he's so good. He's repulsive sometimes, um, but yeah, I highly recommend watching that. I watched all of Call the Midwife, all of them, all the episodes, so I had to find something equally as wholesome, which doesn't require intense interest which is the perfect mix um when you're sewing you don't want to be jolted or drawn in too much but you want a good story um which will kind of you know stave off distraction so i i recommend those those two shows call the midwife and once upon a time if you just want a nice little story while you're working on your stuff so yeah I am going to be selling more items today and then the day after I did sneak out to go to the flea market it was kind of rainy and I got this really cool uh, Napoleon era Napoleon 1 era so probably like 18, you know, 1805, kind of Regency, uh, hand-painted miniature portrait of a lady. And I'm really excited about that. So I'm going to restore the glass and sell that next year. But I was so excited. I couldn't believe how delicate the strokes of the... Um, the painting were they must have used a hair like a single hair brush and then I got some Iroquois beaded items from the late uh from what is it, would it be the restoration reconstruction era so late 1860s right a few it was dated 1869 so right after the civil war and they are some decorative items made by by Iroquois women, likely. Um, I like I like collecting items that are made by women. They're neat. Go figure. <laughs> They're pretty darn cool. So, um, what else did I get? I got a little tiny starfish. That's probably about the size of you know the top of your thumb your thumbnail and then I got a really tiny snake and it ha you can it's dried and you can see its bones and the snake is probably about two inches tall and I got a really really tiny ceramic monkey that's climbing a pole and the pole fell out and I've got to figure out how to put the pole back in the monkey is so cute it's so cute it must have taken a long time to make too because it's so intricate. It's a little clay monkey. So I got that in a tiny, all those for a dollar in a tiny plastic bag. 
And then I got some kind of funerary, I guess widows, they're, it's a row of jet black, black jet fringe. So uh, jet beads are, I believe they're a coal tar bead, uh, refined coal tar. And they make kind of a glass out of it. Uh, they're slightly more brittle than glass, and they are used in. They were used to decorate widows' weeds at the turn of the nineteenth century. So I found um, about four feet of those widows' weeds beads weeds beads, and then I found some cool little like head pieces for you know, just like going to church or something, like 1940s era little things to put over a chignon. I'm going to deconstruct those and turn them into something really cool. Maybe a wreath for my room. I love wreaths. And then I got this little book, and it's called The Land of Mourning. And it has a an embossed image of a woman kind of leaning on a large urn with a willow tree draped over it. And it is a small, it's a, it's a small little leather book, leather bound book. And um, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild because you would carry this with you to kind of just while you're grieving, apparently, to bring comfort to you. And of course, it's very religious based, but I I will read read from the first page of the book so you can kind of get a sense of it. Let me grab it, and I grab one other book too because I'm gonna do a little reading from one of my favorite books ever today. After this, so one moment, do do do, walking back to my bed. Thanks for bearing with me. Okay. Ooh, it's cold. It's cold. Um, yeah. Okay. So, please. It's inscribed in hand, in a very delicate spidery hand. Please accept this from your friend, M. J. Kampf. So it was a gift. It was a gift to a grieving friend, and it's called. A Friendly Visit to the House of Mourning, A Gift for Mourners, in two treatises by Reverend John Flavel and Reverend Richard Cecil, published by the American Tract Society. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, there's no date on it, but by the looks of it, it looks to be 1860s. Friendly Visit to the House of Mourning. Your present affliction, my dear friend, demands something more than the usual forms of condolence. Sorrow, which, like yours, cannot be prevented, may yet be alleviated and improved. This is my design in addressing you, and if I seem to intrude upon your retirement, let my motive be my apology. Smooth. Having felt how much better it is to go to the house of mourning, then to the house of feasting, having received my best lessons, companions, and even comforts in it, 
I would administer from my little stock of experience. And while I thus endeavor to assist your meditations, shall rejoice if I may contribute, though but a mite, to your comfort. Were I indeed acquainted with the peculiar circumstance of your loss, I should employ particular considerations. But my present address can only have a general aim, which is to acquaint the heart at a favorable moment with its grand concerns, to give it a serious impression when softened, and a heavenly direction when moved. Let us, therefore, sit down humbly together in this house of mourning. If the heart of the wise be found, here your experience, I hope, will prove that here also it is formed, and let us calmly contemplate some momentous objects intimately connected with it and viewed with particular advantage from it. And then he gets into the God stuff. You know what? That was written before The Elements of Style was published by Strunk and White. <laughs> there were so many run-on sentences. But... Um, I also detected a note of condescension in the writing as well. So it's geared towards the women folk. <laughs> All right. So my favorite, one of my very favorite modern books is called the Spoon River Anthology. And it was published in 1915. And it was written by Edgar Lee Masters. And it is so goth, but it's also so American. You know, there's something there because it it's written. If you guys, to those of you that are not familiar with the Spoon River anthology, each there's sections instead of chapters. So it goes in alphabetical, and it, the alphabetical order is based on the last names of these citizens of this small town. And those people, they, their last, like the first one, for example, is Hannah Armstrong. This is, these are the, these are the people that are buried in the graveyard of this town. And it's at night. And each one has something to say about their life. It's their, their post- mortem reflections upon their lives and they're very moving because they have people from all walks of life in this graveyard people who you may not have known their stories before it's a very intriguing and very novel form of of prose it's it's i think it's very poetic as well and it's a it's a very very unusual and I, th I think for the it's time that it was written a very modern way to write it to write a delightful book <laughs> I love it so much so let's take a look do, 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 do. Bum, bum, bum. so I'm gonna start you with the hill so the hill is the the poem about the graveyard okay the hill 
Where are Elmer, Herman, Bert, Tom, and Charlie, the weak of will, the strong of arm, the clown, the boozer, the fighter, all, all are sleeping on the hill. One passed in a fever, one was burned in a mine, one was killed in a brawl, one died in a jail, one fell from a bridge toiling for children and wife, all, all are sleeping, sleeping, sleeping on the hill. Where are Ella, Kate, Mag, Lizzie, and Edith, the tender heart, the simple soul, the loud, the proud, the happy one? All, all are sleeping on the hill. One died in shameful childbirth, one of a thwarted love, one at the hands of a brute in a brothel, one of a broken pride in search for a heart's desire, one after life in faraway London and Paris was brought to our little space by Ella and Kate and Mag. All, all are sleeping, sleeping, sleeping on the hill. Where are Uncle Isaac and Aunt Emily and Old Townie Kincaid and Savinier Houghton and Major Walker who had talked with venerable men of the revolution? All, all are sleeping on the hill. They brought them dead sons from the war and daughters whom life had crushed, and their children fatherless crying, all, all are sleeping, sleeping, sleeping on the hill. Where is old Fiddler Jones, who played with life all his ninety years, braving the sleet with bared breast, drinking, rioting, thinking neither of him, or of wife, nor kin, nor gold, nor love, nor heaven, Lo, he babbles of the fish fries of long ago, of the horse races of long ago at Clary's Grove, of what Abe Lincoln said one time at Springfield. So that's the introduction. Isn't that cool? I love it. So we have either the contents format, so I can go down the line, but then when you get to the book, the book is kind of out of order alphabetically. So, we're going to start here with Hod Putt. I think I'm going to take it out of the... I think I originally was going to say I was going to just go down the contents. But it's higgledy-piggledy, so I'm going to start with Hod Putt. Hod Putt. Here I lie close to the grave of old Bill Pearsall, who grew rich trading with the Indians and who afterwards took the bankrupt law and emerged from it richer than ever. Myself, grown tired of toil and poverty, and beholding how old Bill and others grew in wealth, robbed a traveler one night near Proctor's Grove, killing him unwittingly while doing so, for which I was tried and hanged. That was my way of going into bankruptcy. Now... We who took the bankrupt law in our respective ways sleep peacefully side by side. Mm, he's a bad boy. I'm going to do one more, and then i got to get going. Ollie McGee. Have you seen walking through the village a man with downcast eyes and haggard face? That is my husband who, by secret cruelty, never to be told, robbed me of my youth and my beauty, till at last, wrinkled 
and with yellow teeth and with broken pride and shameful humility, I sank into the grave. But what think you gnaws at my husband's heart? The face of what I was, the face of what he'd made me. These are driving him to the place where I lie. In death, therefore, I am avenged. All right. Poor Ollie. I hope that you can see why I love this book so much. It's so moving. So many people, we, you know, we walk around, we don't know each other's stories. We don't know what the other person is going through or where they've been, all their hopes and their dreams. I, that's what I love about this book. Everyone has something fascinating to say. And you get little glimpses into all these different lives. I'll read a couple more next week. And I'm still compiling my Nadia Comaneci. It's going to be pretty juicy. There's not many biographies on her. So I will talk to you guys next year. I hope that you are going to take some time to set your intentions for what you want to achieve. It's a great way to fight depression and to get a grip. (laughs) And I hope that you guys can find something fun to do tomorrow. New Year's Eve can be fun. The best thing that you can do for yourself is make sure you go to where there's some good food. Get the good snacks and take it easy. And then find a place where you can go, you know, give someone a nice kiss or something. All right. Take care. See you next year. Bye-bye.